Fuck boys rejoice. Tristan Thomas, for some odd reason, got Khloe Kardashian pregnant again through a circuit. Through a surrogate. She took him back, even though he's a terrible person. Uh, Ergot asked us to conserve power again. I don't know why. And according to Orlando Brown, Bow Wow got some good pussy. Needless to say, it's going to be a hot summer. That was a, Happy that was 713 a, day. That was a string of news. Like that, <laughs> that was literally the perfect storm of news that I care nothing about, except for like, uh, the, okay, the Ergot thing. Nah, man. You know what? When Orlando Brown says stuff, I was just like that. You know how you know how you'll be sitting on a bus and somebody says something crazy? Uh, but we don't broadcast that person to the rest of the world. Like it's like, all right, you you said some crazy stuff. Orlando Brown will even be like, hey dog, I was wilding. So I'm like in a few Orlando weeks, Brown, I, yeah. the last time I paid attention to Orlando Brown, he put out a gospel song and exactly. he was in the church. Exactly. At this point, this nigga's trolling. He's like Mace. I, I'm a thug, but I'm in church though. Yeah, like, that's what I, that, that's exactly what it's like. So if you don't care about Bow Wow's good pussy, you don't care about Tristan Tom Thompson being fucked. I gotta be honest, kid. I forget that the Kardashians exist since they made the move over to Hulu or Netflix or wherever they're on. Oh, so yeah, I don't, they did. I don't, I don't know what what they be doing. Uh, but the only way I know about them is I'm waiting on uh Pete Davidson so you know, comedy special. Like when Pete Davidson comes out with a comedy special, I'm all, I'm all. There are only two comedy specials I really want to see: Pete Davidson and Chris Rock. When they come out with comedy specials, that's what that that's really what I. I never hear you say that, knowing how much you don't care for Pete Davidson. But you know, don't don't care for him at all. Don't care for him at all. But if you don't know what's going on the Kardashians, you don't you don't you don't keep up with them. Okay, that was clever. That was clever. It really was. The only news here is uh, Air Con. Uh, yeah. And I'm sorry, people, but like, look, I don't care what your political affiliation is, Republican, Democrat, whatever it is. But when somebody blatantly just does not work, like, vote them out. Like, I'm sorry. Like, feel how you want to feel. Like, put another Republican in. I don't care. But the fact that, like, this is just the worst like i'm like yo the energy grid might go down in the winter because we ain't got it ready the energy grid might go down in the summer because we ain't got it ready so yeah what are they doing making money and doing nothing oh the american way yeah pretty much that's terrible that's trash pretty much because i tell people all the time i was like look i'm not i know what they're doing nothing because if i was in their position i'd be doing nothing too and y'all would hate me too say that's the job that i want vote for me like if you see me i don't care what i'm saying don't vote for me don't vote not for me vote for somebody competent we need to start voting for uh boring people like the people no flashy ads no whatever I, you know who no I really twerking. liked. You know who I really liked. I like. You, you don't want to see nobody twerking. I like the, I, I liked Elizabeth Warren because yeah, every time she popped up, and this is not me like, oh, you got to vote for. No, every time she popped up, she had like a spreadsheet and some charts and some books. It was the most boring thing ever. But I was like, God, I don't know like- <laughs> exactly what she's doing. But look, man, she's doing something. Elizabeth Warren and that other lady that be having the charts. And every time a Republican says something, she'd be like, look, look at this chart. That's the that's the people you should be voting for. Stop voting for flashy people. Stop saying, oh, I think I could have a beer with that dude. You know who you could have a beer with? Your friends. 
Would you want them in charge of anything? No. I the, all my fun friends, I don't want them in charge of nothing. I don't want me in charge of shit. So <laughs> I gotta be honest. Like if you. I woke up, if I went in a coma and I woke up and I and you know, you're my brother and I love you, but it was like, dog, Avery's president. I was like, yo. Where did we go wrong? Stuff went really wild. Like I need y'all to back <laughs> up and tell me exactly what. But that's why I'm gonna run for president because I'm gonna be your second black and ugly as ever. However, I stay used to down to my socks. Oh no, oh no, it's them again. It's them boys. From where? From in my humble opinion, this is what it is. In my humble opinion podcast, I'm one of your hosts, Avery, like a very nice guy. It's me. It's me. It's Avery, and you can find me at Avery, A-V-E-R-I underscore, I don't remember it. You can find, it's somewhere in the, I, I don't remember what my ads are. I'm also Vince McVans, and I'm here with my brother, Just Devon, ladies and gentlemen, Just Devon. That, that, that is, that is me. Just and where can they find you at, Just Devon? Uh, you can find me at Just Devon on TikTok and Twitter and Dr. Douglas on everything else. Why Dr. Douglas? It's just my first name, my middle initial, and my last name without the S. That's Your literally all it is. Am I a doctor? Yes. Am I yeah. a doctor that you need? No, absolutely not. Like when they're a like doctor. You're a doctor in the house, worthless. Yeah, absolutely you, worthless. You, I can explain some legal stuff to you. That's about it. So go. yeah, that's me. Writer for the Houston Press. Soon I'll be writing for the Houston Press with him. This nigga writes also as well for um, Houstonia. There you go, and some other spots. He's he's well, great. Le less less exciting stuff. Like he used yeah. to write for Ozone. Y'all remember Ozone magazine? For Ozone, remember the right? Ozone Awards? All, all hiphop.com. The Ozone Awards where yeah somebody got slapped. Yeah, somebody got slapped, and it's seven one three day, and it we is. just came from a great event for Little Kiki's book signing because. He wrote a book as well. And our next guest actually knows something about writing, not necessarily books, but when it comes to music. See, you know, our next guest is an alum from the Matthew Knowles House of Darion Showcase. All right. Music runs through her soul with her father and brother being musicians as well. To being in musical theater as a kid and now having writing credits with Shaka, Shaka Khan, Lifetime, and Disney, not Datney, Disney. Who can beat Disney? and releasing her music independently, because let's face it, ownership is completely everything. She's singer, songwriter, entrepreneur, Clear Lake's own Ashley Toman, ladies and gentlemen. Humbly yours, Ashley Toman. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm so How excited. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm sipping on a drink right now, <laughs> enjoying you guys, uh, what you all were talking about at the beginning. I'm <laughs> and laughing along with you guys, so. Happy to be here. Staying out of the heat because for some reason, yeah. yeah, our energy grid is about to go down. Again. It really is. Yeah. What you drinking? What you drinking though? Uh, vodka cranberry. That's my go-to. <laughs> that was what. Hey, when I would drink, that was my go-to too. That's I, literally what you just had at the the thing. Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> After you turned down the drink, I was like, "Why did you turn down the drink, knowing you're going to get a drink?" Either way. I no, I was really turning it down, and she poured it. When she goes, "I'm gonna just pour you." this grapefruit. And I'm like, I'm not stupid lady. Like this is champagne. I was like, fine, I'll drink yeah, with y'all. It was a, it was a, it was a good look. 
So yeah. I was I like, thought, I thought oh. you were just trying to do it for uh, calorie conscious people. Uh, my brother and I are not small people. I'm much larger than him. We're working on it. Uh, stop offering us food when you see us places. Like, I don't know what, if the Houston <laughs> thing is like food. a go-to thing. Look, you turned down the food. I couldn't do it. It was, it was, it was lobster, macaroni and cheese, egg rolls. And That's honestly, shouldn't have done it. Shouldn't have yeah. done it. It's way too many, way too much stuff. Big but I shout did out to anyway. Shelby. Thank you for that. Exactly. Turning down alcohol. I just do it because I'm not trying to drink no more. But why are we talking about us? We'll have a podcast talking about us later on. We have Ashley Toman, who we've been really connected with since like 2020. She came to us and like now, and which was awesome because I'm like, we should have been coming to you. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, you interviewed a bunch of people I know in the city and I was Following you guys, looking at this, your write-ups. I'm actually a writer as well. I went to school for mass communication and journalism. So um, I've done some freelance writing too. So I think that's really cool. Um, I, I always say if I'm not a songwriter, I would be a journalist. I love journalism. I love media. I think broadcast journalism is really cool. So I admire what you guys are doing in the city. And I just think that there's not enough people doing what you guys are doing. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take it amongst myself to just DM y'all. And that's one thing about me is if I see something cool that I want to be a part of in the city, I'm not going to wait for someone to knock on my door. I'm going to make a way, make it happen, or at least try to make it happen um, for myself. Also, I, I played the role of like my own manager, my own publicist for many years. So it, I kind of, if I see something I want to be a part of, I'm just like, let me just message them. So oh, I took no. the risk, I DM'd you guys, and here we are. <laughs> No, we definitely appreciate it. And and we're going to talk about that on the business end because a number of people can can learn from that advice where it's like, oh, sometimes I, I like the, the trajectory of your career because at a certain point, you're like, yo, I just got to do this on my own. Like that yeah. the music industry is not, the entertainment industry is not like a nice, easy place. And so like that's it but we're gonna go all the way back like all the way back to the beginning like i always hear i remember we were growing up we'd always hear like tuts tuts the tuts tuts, tuts. Yeah. tell us about starting out like very early on and getting to to tuts and what that was so tuts is theater under the stars i was like a broadway kid i was like a musical theater kid i wanted to be Annie I always wanted to play Annie I never got to play Annie but um I was I feel like as a kid I didn't I, I knew I wanted to sing but I wasn't really tapping into that till like a little bit later like professionally I guess so I was like oh let me be let me try gymnastics let me try dance and I was like very uncoordinated I think anyone that knows me knows I'm not a dancer I feel like I can almost try anything else but dancing is not my thing if I sing I mean, when I sing, you're going to see me like behind the mic, normally standing. I'm not moving around too, too much. So I had a fall in gymnastics on like the balance beam, oh, no. broke my foot. I was laying in bed and I watched Annie and I started singing. And my mom was like, I always, uh, she's probably going to watch this. Uh, I always say, joke around that she's like the conservative Kris Jenner because she was like my manager. She played, <laughs> you know, my mom's very conservative and Christian so you know she was a conservative Christian but um she wanted you know helped me get into theater and so I was in Annie and I was always didn't play Annie I played like the chorus I was like in the chorus and then somehow I uh learned about Tuts and I was an Oliver um like in third grade and um yeah that kind of everything just kind of led to something else so musical theater was kind of my childhood so yeah <laughs> 
so you set along this path literally just because you broke your foot. Like if, a, broken if foot. For that broken foot, you you might still be working on the gymnastic stuff. Probably so. The broken foot led me to Annie, which led me to musical theater. Yeah. So okay, you <laughs> yeah. So you started out from the beginning. It's you weren't necessarily viewing yourself as like, oh, I need to go into a career for singing. I mean, by the time I was like eight, I was, but before that, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I was always, I feel like I was always a singer, but before that I was trying like to dance and tap and ballet and things like that. So by the time I was like eight, I was like, okay, I want to sing. Like, this is what I want to do. Um, and yeah, it's kind of been, I would say like my identity in a way, like I just always, I mean, writing was something that came later. Writing was, and I'd say this to everybody, like, writing was not something I found until like five or six years ago. I feel like it was like a gift that kind of like came my way. Um, I was not a songwriter uh, until recently. So I feel like it, I always say it was like a gift that came to me in a way. I feel like God kind of like sprinkled it. And, really? Yeah. What started, and, and we're going to jump ahead to the songwriter. I mean, what started, yeah, sure. what started um, you into songwriting? Because a lot of people assume like if you're singing, you're probably songwriting and a lot of people find like Whitney Houston didn't write. Yeah. Luther Vandross well, didn't, I mean, he wrote, but sometimes there are a lot of uh, prominent singers that are like, like, I'm not writing. That's what the writers do. Right. Well, I didn't, um, I wasn't playing too big of a role in the writing at the beginning stages of my career. Um, I feel like it was one of those things where I always had the juice. I always had the magic, but I just didn't really know. I wasn't really with the right people that were tapping into that. And mm -hmm. I was just really shy and, kind of like, okay, yeah, this is cool. And then I, but I didn't love my music the way I should. Um, and then I um, got a placement with Disney um, in 2017. And it was kind of like right place, right time. I was in LA, I was just like struggling, trying to figure things out. And that was like my first placement. And I was like, okay, cool. Maybe writing is the way to go. And then kind of started, you know, writing songs for sync placements, which then eventually led to the Shaka Khan situation. And then um, now I have a business where I offer like consultations and I like help other people get their stuff placed. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, I, I always say it just kind of, it kind of organically happened. And I still am an artist, but writing has just taken over in a way where it's like, it's almost inevitable that I have to follow this path just because I feel like God kind of like, realigned my path it was like hey I think this is what you need to do and I also just um I pour a lot of my pain into my pen and I pour everything into my pen and so I just feel like I've had a lot of like pain in my life that you know I don't always talk about and just like anxiety and depression and things like that that I was able to release into my music and so it's kind of been an outlet for me that has been able to take over even like financially with my life and things like that so I'm like okay writing i think is what i'm supposed to be doing right now congratulations on the business and of course you know music being therapy for the soul and you're able to make money off of that can you can you uh, elaborate on on your business with sync placements so with sync placements um i basically i mean it's still a journey i'm still figuring it out like it, it's not like it happened overnight and i'm still hoping like i have so many songs that are still sitting in dropbox folders hoping something <laughs> big will happen so every day is you know, it, it, every day is just, it's different. But um, I started a business basically because after the Shaka Khan situation, I thought, okay, well, maybe I'm going to get a pub deal because I'm still completely independent. I don't have a pub deal. I'm not signed. Congrats. Yeah. So I just thought, 
you know, it was going to be a game changer and it wasn't, it wasn't a game changer. It was like, okay, here I am. I'm still, you know, paying for sessions. I'm still paying for, for, for producers and completely independent. And I was like, you know what, why don't I start a business where I can, you know, offer consultations to people and I can help pitch their songs as well, co-write with other people, figure out like, you know, it's kind of a win-win for both of us. So if their song gets placed, then both of our songs get placed. So um, just been kind of maneuvering the the writing industry on my own in a way and just kind of trying to figure it out. <laughs> now, I mean, that's further on. Like, you know, I jumped ahead. Let's back up. Because, okay, I probably uh, did that. My bad. Yeah, let's go all the way back because you've okay. got uh, your your eight. You've got a momager. She's putting together stuff like you're you're doing stuff at Tuts. Uh, mm-hmm. At a certain point, you start to uh, explore out into, and this is much further on past eight. I okay. I remember reading about all the open mic nights and things mm. like that you were doing. Like you were really building up yourself out here in Houston. How'd you go from the Broadway style to, okay, like I wanna get out here and I wanna start singing live r and in these mm-hmm. clubs. And just a bonus question, what'd your mom think about all that? <laughs> well, I feel like from from the Disney, I mean, not the Disney, the, the musical theater stuff to that, there's a lot of time in between like in, High school, I kind of, I wasn't pursuing music the way I really, you know, um, I guess should have maybe, but I look back and I'm like, it, 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 everything worked out the way it was supposed to, um, as far as, I feel like that period of time, I just wasn't focused. Um, I didn't really, I kind of, you know, I wanted to sing, but I really was just like, okay, if I sing at the national anthem here at the show, cool, but I'm not really trying to get a record deal or anything like that. I went to LA, I did an internship. And I was like, okay, there's a lot of people actually like pursuing this and they have an original music. Like I need original music. So that's um, when I went to the Matthew Knowles showcase around that time. And I really just wanted to sing. So I was like, I will do anything to sing in the city. I, I was like, you don't have to pay me. Like I will just go out there. I want to be heard. So I feel like I was just going to anything and everything, any opportunity I took. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to sing. I'm going to hopefully, I just want people to know me and, you know, make a name for myself. So it was a lot of trial and error and figuring things out. And yeah, and it's still a lot of trial and error and figuring well, things out. What was it like with that Matthew Knowles competition? I mean, what was it like placing in that, that competition? I, I know a lot of people make jokes about Matthew Knowles and things like yeah. that now, but I mean, I he has the, the, there we go. Okay. I said, he has the protocol. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think he really changed my life in a way because he helped me believe in myself in a way where I didn't believe in myself at the time. And I was really insecure and I was like a plus size girl. And I just felt like insecure on stage. And, um, he really, the first time I sang at that show, I was really embarrassed because he was like, who is the song about? Tell us the story. Who was the boy? tell us everything. We want to hear everything. And I was like, but I don't want to do that. This is so embarrassing. My heart was pounding, but it pushed me to keep coming back every week. And I was like, I, I'm going to keep coming back until I win this contest. Like I'm going to win this contest. Um, so I did win, um, the like preliminary, I didn't win the very end of it, but, um, I still, I went back every week and I was like, I just, I want to sing and I want to get better because I wasn't the best. I wasn't the best back then. Um, I was good, but I wasn't great 
And I was like, I want to come back until I'm great. And, you know, um, it, it helped me. It helped me believe in myself. I don't know if it necessarily was just like vocally training me. It was more so like, I just started to believe that I really can do this. Cause I think it's a really hard industry and it can really kind of mess with people with like your self-esteem and everything. Cause I feel like this industry is focused on like numbers and everything and it can really you can really get in your head so um yeah I think uh Mr. Knowles just kind of made me believe in myself and believe in my gift and then that got you starting to hit these open mic nights like everywhere in Houston and like build yeah. up a name for yourself uh for somebody like you said where you talk about dealing with anxiety and depression and you're you're working through like getting on stage it almost seems like it's like ah, i don't i don't want to necessarily put myself out there like this what is that like transitioning into a role where it's like i gotta i gotta get on stage and perform well thanks for, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um, yes no um i think just like you you keep doing it you keep it just it's practice every time you do it it's practice every time you perform it's practice you want to be better you want to do better and I think for me, it was connecting with the music. I don't think I was connecting with my music the way that I do now, but I think that's because I write my music now. So it's just, it changed the game a little bit. I was, I was singing covers a lot back in the day. I was singing cover songs. I didn't have original music. So um, I think it's just kind of finding yourself through your own music and finding your, your voice. So with that, I mean, as you started to find your voice, and I, I like the way where you're talking about the trajectory of your career, there are just ups and downs, and you're very honest about, like, yo, it's, it's ups and downs. Like, you think, uh, I was reading one article, and you're like, it's this whole, like, you feel like something's about to happen, and it doesn't necessarily happen, or it starts and stops. Yeah. Uh, talk about that. I feel like that's just the name of the game. I feel like that happens all the time. It's like, oh, this song is going to be for this person and you get excited. And then it's like, it doesn't happen. So it's like, I mean, it, it sometimes it doesn't. Most of the time it doesn't. So it's like, you have to have thick skin and I'm not somebody that does have thick skin. Like I'm somebody that like, my heart's going to be broken. Like if something I really, really want doesn't happen. But now I know that, you know, not to bring God into it, but like, I do have a relationship with God. And I feel like whatever is for us is for us. And like your journey is for you, like whatever is for you is for you. So I try not to focus on like other people's journeys. And I'm just like, what, what's for me is for me. Like, I just want to keep doing my music and writing and it's going to get with the right person. It might take time. It might take a lot of time. I might just keep having to push and, you know, knock on doors on my own, and, but the right door will open. So I feel like as far as people asking me about like the Shaka Khan opportunity or whatever, um, that took, that was like many years in the making like that took a long time for that opportunity to happen and you know i don't know when the next one will but i just pray that whenever it's in alignment it will so sorry i'm going off on a tangent no 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 no, no. You're good. all right and one thing too you said not to bring god into it no you should bring god into it but as, as you stated you were going on uh tell us about the shaka khan situation how did that happen I, I, I always say this, I feel like that was God, 100%, um, right place, right time. Um, I was in LA and I, there was a producer, a producer that I never met in person and he just DM'd me and was like, hey, can you, would you be open, open to um, 
writing this record that's about climate change. And I was like, no, I don't know anything about climate change. Like, <laughs> I wasn't gonna go. Cause I was like, I just don't know anything about it. Like, that's not my forte. I like to write about love and my heart being broken and self-love and self-worth. Like <laughs> that's the kind of records I write. So I wasn't gonna go, but I did go. And um, basically kind of did my research was like Googling climate change and then kept going back. I ended up having to stay in LA for like a month to work on it. Didn't get any word for the longest time. So we didn't know what was gonna happen with it. Um, and then found out from the producer, it was picked up for a sink placement, but mm. we didn't know what it was for. And then found out the Shaka Khan Foundation was involved and then Shaka Khan herself got on the song. Um, and then we got to be in the music video. And then I got to go to South by Southwest and um, sit on the panel, which was kind of cool. And I got to meet her. I got to take my parents to her concert. So that was cool. What um, was that like finding out? Like, I guess that's the other thing. Sometimes when you're writing, uh, mm -hmm. you're sending stuff out and you know, it's a producer asking, they're not necessarily saying like, hey, I need you to write this song for Shaka Khan. They're like, I just need you to write this song and you write it and then months later they're like oh yeah it's for shaka khan and she's on it like what was that experience like oh crazy because when i read it i thought i read it wrong because it was a like shaka khan foundation i was like shaka khan like the, the singer like the <laughs> buddy and he was like yeah um but it's the foundation the shaka khan foundation i was like oh okay because like i guess her foundation is very involved with climate change and the environment environmental changes and and then i guess she decided oh you know what i want to sing on this song too so she liked it and got to sing on it. So yeah, it was a really cool, humbling experience. Not bad, not bad. So you got the Shaka Khan uh, sync placement you're doing with that. And uh, Disney, uh, Disney has, because a lot of people don't understand like the different writing opportunities that are out there. Like people just think the only thing you can do musically is get on stage and perform. That is it. Right. And there's so much money to be made and opportunities outside of that. How does the Disney situation come along? Um, also, I feel like it was an organic situation. I was in LA and I was renting an Airbnb and I was like struggling and just kind of figuring things out while I was there. And the host of the Airbnb had a studio in his home and was like, hey, can you sing on this song? And this, uh, it's just like a hook um, it's for, well, he didn't say it was for Disney. So we didn't know it was for Disney and or i didn't know it was for disney and um it was a remake of april showers which i knew it was um bambi it was the mm -hmm. 75th it ended up being the 75th um the trailer it got to the trailer for the 75th anniversary edition of bambi but um i didn't know what i didn't know that it was for disney's bambi we just thought it was for bambi um so that was like the first um placement that i ever got so it was kind of crazy seeing like the commercial and seeing my voice on an international commercial. So that was like the first situation ever, really my first credit, that, that was my first credit. The first thing I had ever done. I don't even think I had music on Spotify. I hadn't done anything. Like my, my claim to fame at that point was singing at the Red Cat. Like I was just a singer, a cover <laughs> singer. So that was my first situation um, where I was credited for anything. And I realized, oh, okay, I'm, you know, this, this is, it started opening some doors and getting me to go into rooms that people maybe wouldn't have let me to go, go in before, which is unfortunate. I don't think that's how it should be. I think, you know, your voice or your pen should speak for itself. But unfortunately it's a shady industry at times, but, um, you know. 
What was that feeling like to be able to to get a placement with with Disney? I mean, they're like the, the biggest mouse. company, and and you're a huge Lion King fan. So what was that? What was that feeling like for yourself to get the Disney placement? Um, I think it was kind of like a uh, a light bulb that was like, oh, maybe this like writing thing is something that could actually work. One that was like the main thought, and then also just it pushed me to keep going and because I feel like it's easy to want to give up. And I feel like that's the one thing about me is like, I just, I don't give up and I'm not going to give up. And I don't think anyone should give up because eventually something will happen, even though for the longest time, for many years, I was just out here, you know, singing for free, singing at open mics. And Mm. eventually something will happen. Just don't stop. Like that's the one thing I think people should always remember is like, if you really want to do this for the right reasons, just don't stop because sorry, I touched it. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Um, That's just the one thing is just, just don't quit. How do you, how do you navigate through this cutthroat industry with anxiety and depression though? Cause you seem I'm more anxiety than depression. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was ever a super depressed person. I feel like I'm pretty much a primarily like happy person. For me, it was anxiety just in my head too much as far as being on stage. Like for me, it was just being on stage and and back to the to the Matthew Knowles situation. I think that situation did help me because I don't think if I would have gone through that, I would have been able to, you know, be so comfortable like on stage performing. And a lot of that is just getting out there performing and then learning how to perform with a live band and then knowing that you're going to, be in front of lots of different kinds of people, kinds of audiences. And um, I think you just kind of figure it out along the way. I still get nervous to perform sometimes, but um, I don't know. I think, I think through the years it's, it's gotten better. It's definitely gotten better. I think when you love what you're doing, the anxiety kind of fades. I'm glad that you got better too. But uh, there's one, one other thing I want to ask though. Okay. So you said Matthew knows, like we're going back to this, but you said Matthew knows, really uh, helps you get over the anxiety though. So you mean even before that performing, you know, with touch and everything, you still were anxious as well? Um, No, I think but as a kid, I wasn't anxious. Like I would go up to people in the grocery store and I would be like, uh-huh. can I sing for you? Like they, I didn't really have anxiety then. It was more like as I got older and I would get in my head about uh-huh. like being on stage, like I would think too much. And I would be like, just, like I said, like with my weight, my I, I struggle with my weight. I've been up and down with my weight. So I would sometimes if I was performing, I would just get in my head too much. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to perform when I lose weight. It's like, I need to remember like, no, I'm a bad bitch now. Exactly. You know? like, it's okay. Like be who you are and just love yourself. And like, I feel like when you love yourself, other people will acknowledge you love yourself and it'll just like feel more organic. So, um, so no, as a kid, I don't think I, I had any kind of anxiety. I think it, it was a little bit more natural than I think as you get older, it's like, you just get in your head too much. And like the media can kind of, you know, do that a little bit too. Oh so, yeah. It's a motherfucker. Yeah. Since you've seen like both sides, especially when you're talking about the, the, the forefront being in front of the camera and then also are in, in, in on stage and then also doing behind the scenes, like writing at this point, do you prefer one versus the other? Mm, uh, it's hard to say because I think it's two they're two separate things I feel like when I'm writing is completely different than when I'm Ashley Tolman the artist I feel like it's it's hard to compare um performing is like a high that I can't explain that 
Um, I love it more than anything in the world. I feel like even though I, you know, sometimes I get anxious once I'm on stage, like it kind of goes away, it kind of fades. I always say it's like Sasha Fierce in a way when like mm-hmm. Beyonce like transforms into Sasha Fierce, it's like she's somebody else. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like I'm that way in a way when I perform, I can be a little shy and subdued. But when I perform, I think it's like, I've had so many people say like, you're like literally so different when you're talking versus when you perform. Um, so performing will always be my first love. And I think my artistry will always be number one, but it's just writing has kind of taken over in a way where, you know, you got to make money in this business and it's hard to make money in this business genuinely. And, um, and writing has kind of given me an avenue to have writing sessions. There's a little bit more avenues with that, like having writing sessions and offering consultations and writing for other people. But um, yeah. I think I love them equally, but I do think my own artistry is a little bit up there. Mm. And you talk about, you know, it's difficult, or it's hard to make money in this business. Uh, that led you along a path to creating your own company to help other artists do it. Uh, talk about your company and like the services that they offer and, and what led you into that. What led me into it honestly was like on a whim randomly, I did a sponsored ad on Instagram and I was like, hey, if you were looking for a writing session, a co-writer, a consultation, tap in with me. And I did a sponsored ad. And then like the next day there, my inbox was full. And I was like, whoa, like people actually want to pay me. Like I literally was like, this is crazy. Like I didn't like really believe in myself. And then people would message me and um, I started doing writing sessions with them. And then I realized, okay, this could actually be a business. So now it's an official LLC. So I've created my own business. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been crazy. And sometimes I'm like, well, this is crazy that this actually came into like fruition, something that was just an idea in my head. But, um, yeah, I feel like I wear lots of different hats because they're, you know, I do that, but then I also still do pursue my own artistry. And then I'm still writing for others. So it's like, it feels like I'm different people. Like, I feel like there's like five of me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is some of the advice you give to your clients just starting out? Mm, I think just like know yourself, make sure you know yourself because I, I talk to a lot of like managers and like mothers of kids and like they're doing the talking. So I think the artists should be the one navigating it on their own. They should be the one doing you know making sure like this is what they want to do and don't I think nowadays with like TikTok there's a lot of young people that want to be famous and they're like they want to do it for the wrong reasons and it's like yeah you might get the numbers and that might happen but if you're not happy you're never going to be happy once the success does come if you never really loved it so I think just make sure that you you really love the business because it's a cutthroat nasty business so make sure that you love doing what you're doing and it'll it'll make sense and it'll all be okay if for the business in the way it is uh what kept you going because i mean you you're basically like as you follow along your story like of course there are things that happen where you're at the airbnb and it just so happens that this person is doing disney and you did expect that and then the shaka khan thing happens but these are almost like surprises to you like you're grinding and you're working but what keeps you grinding and staying on here doing open mics and writing and doing all this stuff um i mean i would say god i think that just my purpose i feel like my purpose on earth is to sing and write and like 
life is short, you know, like I want to follow that path to the fullest. And I think our journeys, speaking of journey, I actually have a song coming out called journey, um, that drops soon. So excited to drop that song. It's like an inspirational song, not necessarily a Christian song, but like you can take it however you want to take it. Yeah. Um, produced by Looney Tunes. So shout out to him. He's super dope. Um, he's, he's written for Rihanna. He's done a lot of, a lot of stuff. So super talented guy. Um, but yeah, just staying focused and knowing that life is short and just follow your journey and do what you do what you feel like you're supposed to do. And I feel like I'm on earth to make music. So whether that, but I, whether that be my artistry, performing, writing, helping other people, I feel like it all kind of is in the same realm, even mm -hmm. though it's like different avenues in the end, I want to, you know, create music, whether that be one or the other. You went to school in Tennessee, right? Well, I went to school and I graduated from University of Houston, clearly. Uh -huh. But um, I went, I lived in Nashville briefly, yeah. In mm. that Nashville thing, have you ever thought about, I know you, you were doing country music. Have you ever thought about doing more country music or getting back into that realm? It's crazy because I feel like I wanted to be so far away from that because, um, I really fell in love with R&B music and I took a long time to kind of solidify that sound because I was singing covers a lot of the time and I was singing R&B and I loved R&B music. I fell in love with R&B music and I was like, wow, like th this is what I want to do. And it's taken time to solidify that. Okay. I'm a pop R&B artist and kind of a hybrid of both. And mm -hmm. I feel like um, everything now kind of the sounds kind of all are cohesive in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, so country music, I, I look back now and, I, I sometimes I wish I would have stuck with that a little bit because I love the way that country music is written. I feel like the storytelling, the storytelling yeah. in country music is is magical. So um, yeah, I kind of want to tap back into that world a little bit as far as writing. So you can't I mean, you can't beat the lyrics in a country song. It always tells a story, and I think you should. I mean, because you like R and B, rhythm and blues, mm -hmm. and country is just blues. That's where it all comes from. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. But you would want to write. You wouldn't necessarily want to sing it. Um, I actually I have a country song that um, a song called Erase You that um, I might put out at some point. So, I mean, after like writing for the last couple of years, I've built my catalog. So I have a lot of country songs that people haven't heard. So, I mean, I don't know. I might put it out at some point. We'll see. Tomin, <laughs> what's holding you back from putting it out? I, that's the thing. That's what I was telling you guys about earlier before uh, this podcast started. Um, I actually want to um, drop an EP soon because I have all this music I'm sleeping on and not to be morbid again, but like life is short. Why not put yeah. your music out there? Because in the end, your music is always going to be what you are remembered by. So yeah, I have a lot of music that I'm I'm sleeping on that I I, I need the world to hear. You need to and you see the uh, uh, the trajectory of a lot of artists. Like we hear about artists all the time, going all the way back to like Neo, all the way up to like Mooney Long. Uh, mm -hmm. Is it Mooney or Money? You it's know, Money. I don't it's know. Money Long. Nah, it's because it's spelled oh, that way. <laughs> but the whole thing is, you see this as a person that's like, yo, I've been writing back right. Like y'all know me, y'all just didn't know me. I've been mm -hmm. writing these songs for people. And then she put an album. She put a song out on her own, a song that her label didn't even want to do. Yeah, like, hey, that's like, and it's wild. Uh, when you talk about like the the 
the the nature of the industry what is it like dealing especially like stories like money long where everybody's like no don't do that and then the yeah. artist does it on themselves and then they're like that was fantastic like now we're gonna get behind it and i don't want to talk down on the industry and act like oh i hate it like i there, i do hate it sometimes but it's not always bad but um i think the business aspect of it is just you you really just have to have thick skin to to be in this business because it's not for the the faint-hearted and people that mm -hmm are really sensitive people. And I am a sensitive person, but I have learned to have thicker skin because there are going to be people that are going to say things to you and say, you can't sing or you don't look good or whatever. But I think it's learning to just know that inside that you do, you know, believe in yourself that you're, if you believe you're great, that's really all that fucking matters. Sorry, I don't know if I can cuss on here. You can curse. Okay. You can okay. cuss. We're, a pod, we're a podcast. But we're not on the radio. That's really all that matters in the end. And I think that it took me time to learn that. And I always wanted to need like validation from everybody else. Like, well, do they, are they going to like the song? Are they going to think this is good? Like, what do they think? It's like, well, what does Ashley think? You know, what, hey. if I love it, then, you know, it doesn't really matter if the world doesn't love it. So, I mean, obviously you want numbers, you want people to like your music, but in the end, I want to make music that, I resonate with because I think if I resonate with it, other people will too. You know, if I'm writing a song about a breakup, if I'm writing a song about falling in love, chances are someone's gonna resonate with the feeling, with the same feeling. So, you know, but not everyone's gonna like it. There's gonna be haters and there's gonna be people that are gonna talk about you. But I think just like having that self worth that like you are that bitch, even if other people don't think that, then you're gonna be good. Yeah. Now, given that you've been, you know, this has been for many, at least a decade of performing here in Houston, and you travel back and forth between Houston and LA, which LA is already an established <laughs> entertainment hub. Uh, in your eyes, from your perspective, have you seen changes happening in the music industry uh, here in Houston? Or is it still like a I can't do it here. I gotta go. I gotta go other places. I think it has changed here. I think you can be here and be successful. And I say that because I think people's mindset a couple of years ago was like, I have to get out of here. I gotta get out of here. But look at the amount of artists that have made it out of Houston, like Megan Thee Stallion, Lizzo, Travis Scott. Who else? There's been there's so much more. Um, With Maxo Cream, there's uh, that, that, honestly it gets to a point where it's like, I mean, uh, who just dropped a video? T Toby. Oh, Toby, Toby yeah. Broadway, which and somehow, somehow got <laughs> Chameleonaire to rap, which everybody was like, that's never happening because he doesn't you know, know how he got Chameleonaire to rap. Look, look, they got the connection. I actually used to sing at the dope art show that Toby used to put on. So really? Because he really like went from like, I mean, he was always popping, I feel like in Houston, but still it was, it literally did feel like overnight, like I got on Instagram and I was like, damn, like. He was just in an ad with Beyonce. This is crazy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he had me sing at the Dope Art Show when he did that here. Um, and I forget where he did it at, but I performed there like two years in a row. So yeah, props to him. But there's been a lot of Houston artists that I feel like have made it, which has put Houston on the map more. And then I feel like with COVID, LA has changed. And I don't feel like, I think it's, it's it used to be like, okay, I, I need to move to LA. I need to move to New York. It's like, 
COVID restrictions are still really crazy out there. You got to be like vaccinated, have a vax card to go like anywhere, anywhere you go. Um, Houston is a little more lax with that. And I feel like Houston is actually becoming a little more on the map even than LA at this point. Like I think people are moving to Houston to do music. So I think it's completely changed. I think Houston is, is really, really changed. As far as California is paying people to move to Houston. Yeah. And we're like, that's crazy. Which, let me say this, break up the whole podcast. Hey, Californians, no, (laughs) don't come here. You know what? Don't come come here right now. Wait like two months. Like my friend, (laughs) my friend wanted, a friend of mine wanted to move to Houston and who's in Atlanta. And I was like, just wait till like the fall because it's just too hot outside. I'm saying, this is not, it's not only that. I don't mind y'all moving here. I really don't. But it's like, help us save you money. Like, stop coming down here with California prices in mind. Cut cut your shit in like a fourth. Like, if you was like, yo, yo, they this place is like only $1,500. No, no. Go lower. Like, in Houston, I'm telling you, you can get, well, not now. I mean, y'all have raised the rents. (laughs) <laughs> like everywhere but when you come down here like relax like there's plenty of spots to move don't raise everything up and you know and learn how to drive that's it yeah that's right <laughs> would be so much better if we just get some decent public transportation but that's my own thing like that but people coming from la yeah yeah a lot of people are moving to Houston, though. I've noticed that. Like, it's and back in the day, I don't remember anyone wanting to move to Houston to do music. I would be like, "What?" Yeah. But now I'm like, I get it. Like, Houston is 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 dope. Like, I'm proud to be from Houston. Yeah, I remember people used to lie and be like, "I'm from here." I'm from. There are so many. There. Are, let's just. There are so many people that are from Houston that lied and said they was from New York when I was a kid. No, oh, yeah. He was from yeah. Houston. The whole time yeah. but now but, it's like the, the place to be yeah I now like Houston and Atlanta are kind of like right there because when DJ like, Premier goes y'all know I'm from Houston right I was like calm down DJ Premier okay oh. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> is from Houston he's been he's from, in DJ from Premier's defense he's in from Prairie he's been saying that the whole time <laughs> it's like we only see you in New York people so you're from New York He's like, it's like if DJ Screw was like, I'm from New York, y'all. Like, it's DJ Premier. He had the New York sound, which I hate. But, you know, it is what it is. But we'll talk about that later. That's another podcast talk. Which city do you prefer? I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, Houston, because it's home. But it's different because L.A., the weather is better in LA. I'm not gonna lie. Oh my yeah. God. Yes. But I aside from the weather, I mean, and and again, it's hard to say because it has changed. Like people aren't networking like they used to going to like these Hollywood network events anymore um, in LA just because it's it's changed so much. Um, so it's it's really hard to say. I don't know. I think it's a love hate relationship. I think when I would be in LA, it would be this situation where I'd be there and I would be like, oh my gosh, like. I miss it. I love it. But sometimes it's too hype where I want to get back home to the the Southern hospitality and feel like people are normal and not everyone's trying to like front and be someone else. So yeah, it's, I could go on all day. Enjoy while it lasts because those people are coming down to Houston. They're going to start moving Seriously. the same right. way. Although you're right. I appreciated the, uh, you gave some really, really great political answers talking about, well, you know, the weather, but the the best thing you said was 
you know, LA is shut down and, and Houston's kind of open. She said that. Yeah. Uh, well, people, Houston is all the way open. I, I wish yeah, we were yeah. kind of close, but like, Houston's, LA been open. Houston's been open this whole time. Whole so. time. But I think, I think it's also to be honest, like, I like that um, mixture, like a nice um, mix between, you know, the hype, Hollywood shit. Like, I like that stuff sometimes. It's fun, like going to events, but also I like normalcy and people who don't do music and to hang out with people who are like teachers or something or people that don't do music so it's not always like everyone's like oh what's your instagram like things like that so i feel like it is a balance even though houston can be hollywood too but yeah. I think a little bit more normalcy and i think it's more like southern hospitality mixed with a little bit of a hollywood vibe which is kind of like the best of both worlds which is why i think everyone wants to move here now and we're oh, yeah. the yeah. best city because now i'll see you be around the industry it's not going to be yeah. like that but la it's all the way all the way mm-hmm. now, but also now i see tiktoks where people are blatantly like and this is not an entertainment thing they're just like yo i'm moving to houston <laughs> like you are I, I, and everybody is starting to do it like i want to start a new life i'm gonna get a new job i'm gonna just figure it out i'm gonna go to houston i feel like they're it's like in the early late 90s early thousands where people are like i'm moving to atlanta and you're like really why you're like just because so now houston is kind of the spot although people really don't realize how hot it is here like it's too hot like i feel like if you are here just like don't even go out till like 6 p.m even still it's it's like i think it's 92 degrees right now what is it it's yeah. 84. Oh, it's 85 it's degrees 84. right now. But yeah, it probably you gotta, you gotta go down to where it says feels like. Yeah, it probably feels like <laughs> 93. It definitely probably You're feels right. like 93. It feels yeah, like it feels 94. like 94. See? Yeah. yeah, so see. And I know there's a scientific like, and people, behind feels that. like is the temperature. Yes. Feels like is yes. the temperature. temperature it be that's the only thing we're concerned with. Like I'm yeah. like yo, I don't care about the like. If you were like yo, it's seventy four degrees, but it feels like hundred and two. I was like, guess which one I care about? Like, the temperature is what the temperature is when I get in my car. Whatever the car says, yeah. that's the temperature. Yeah. That's the temperature. But yeah, I would say at this point, that's the only thing that LA has over Houston is the weather's a little bit nicer. But other than that, like I'm I'm good being here. Go to LA when I need to, but. I don't have any plans to move to LA anytime soon. If and 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 the weed, let's face it. There, yeah. there. Uh, I mean, it's here. Hey, too. <laughs> I'm about to say it's the best weed on the planet. On the planet, I feel like it's imported to everywhere in the country. Considering like Texas and three other states are. That like, is true, but the thing God. is, all yeah. right, there's stuff that comes from Texas. And we import that, but still, it's from Texas. I don't know what comes from here. I'm trying to think. I was trying to think off the top of my head. But oil. I was like, yeah. O- oil. Okay, here we go. We have oil, but it still comes from Texas. All right. The weed that comes from California, that's on the planet. No, I'm just saying, it's, it's just there. everywhere now. For the same reason where I wouldn't, move, I wouldn't move to Montana for Texas oil. Like, you know, it is what it is. Y'all got the same thing we got at this point. Exactly. That was our whole thing where basically, hey guys, you can live anywhere and get your weed. So they're, 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 I'm trying they're to keep bad. these motherfuckers out. But they do have weed maps in LA. So they have like apps and you can go to the dispensary. So you can't do that. Look at that. That is true. Now, we're like going to be, we're going to get that eventually, but you oh, yeah. know, it'll take a while. Yeah. But look at but that. And we get it if you voted for Beto. If, y- if y'all voted for anybody <laughs> other than the guy in office now, we could get stuff. 
like you know a working power grid maybe so and you know what even if the power grid wasn't working at least you've got like your drug of choice like something because it's really really hot here like really it's hot. too hot so yeah, yeah. on yeah. another level hot <laughs> so uh tell people like how they can connect i mean first off you know what let's not go into like necessarily how they can connect uh when do you feel like somebody would be ready for your services there might be an artist out there or something like that and they might have the same thing they're like yo i see her i see what she's doing i see the followers i see disney i see shaka khan i'm not ready to work with somebody like that i'm just me so when do you feel like somebody is ready uh to use your services i would say just when you're ready to work if you want to write or co-write like we can start now like i'm not i'm not gonna look at oh what have you done or who are you because end of the day like i said who was i when i started like what was i doing i did nothing like i hadn't even put out music all i had was my voice i didn't even have like the pen back then because i wasn't a songwriter i really just had my voice to show who i was so i would say you know show that you want to sing show your drive if you don't feel like you have the best voice or you don't feel like you have the best songwriting show that you're driven and that you're focused and let's work tap in with me on instagram let's work and then not just with the writing too talk about the importance uh i'm bring up vince staples had an interview where he was talking about his last album and he was like look I wrote this album so it could attain sync licensing. Like I've tried to sell the music, y'all ain't buying it to the level I need y'all to buy it. But when my stuff wind up on something, I get paid. So I mean, talk about one, like what is a sync license? Cause some people don't know. And the process of that and the importance of, of getting your stuff licensed and things like that. Um, well, Sync licensing is really just getting your music placed in television or film. So TV shows and films are always looking for music. So whenever you're watching a movie and you hear a song in the movie, a lot of those songs are independent artists' music. So I feel like there's a lot of people that have really great music that could be placed in TV and film because they're really, I mean, sometimes it's not even great music. Sometimes they're specifically looking for a song that's not good. So like any song could get placed if it, if it's what the company's looking for. So just, um, you know, pitching your music and you can tap in with me with that too. I can help artists if you want to, if you've ever thought of that, if you've ever thought of getting your music placed, um, you know, it's a, it's a situation where it's never guaranteed. I write songs all the time. I'm like, oh, this will be perfect for this. And then it doesn't necessarily happen. But then um, sometimes, sometimes it does happen. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a, something I think people don't talk about enough. Cause I think the focus for a lot of people are labels and labels i feel like are dying in a way i feel like labels have changed and labels are really just a bank and so i feel like seeing <laughs> placements are kind of where it's at as far as um independent artists getting their music placed you don't have to sign to a publishing company to get your music placed you can um there's you know there's ways to to get your music placed as an independent artist so yeah and what if uh i mean this is a pure hypothetical say you're a writer but you've done nothing musically in terms of writing. Like, with how does somebody get into something like that? Like, you're a writer, you got a podcast, you're bald, you're wearing a purple shirt, and you're like, yo, I've done writing, but I've never done anything musically in terms of writing. Tap in with me, and I could, you know, 
I could sing the song, you could write the song, we could co-write co-write it together. That sounds good. That sounds good. Let's make things happen. And I feel like a lot of it too is just like working together and um a lot of it is hit or miss. You don't never know what can happen, but just building with people and growing with people who are serious about music and you know, hopefully we'll be successful again. Hopefully you guys will be successful and that's a great thing. So Ashley, where can we find you at then? Um, Everything Ashley Toman, Ashley T-O-M-A-N on Spotify, Apple Music, um, Tidal, Instagram, Facebook, everything Ashley Toman. So yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. Awesomely uniform. Follow Ashley Toman, ladies and gentlemen, follow her. We just want to thank you for staying out and coming in at the same time via Zoom. I want to thank you for giving us this great interview. It's thank always appreciated. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We're from Sugarland to Clear Lake, because we're from we're Sugarlanders. We're bourbon boys. Okay. Don't don't get it. Yeah, that we, we are bourbon. Did you say bourbon boys? Bourbon boys. I feel like that's, that's still trying to make it seem cool. Like it's it's, it's I'm not, always trying to make no, everything. Don't, cool, don't, right? don't try to abbreviate suburban and try to make it like hip. Bourbon boys. I'm okay. a highway six guy. Okay. Come okay. on, man. Okay. Right. Sugarland and Clear Lake are, are very similar. Very, very, very same, same vibes. Same vibes. It's the same. It's just on different sides. It is right. what it different is. Different sides of Houston. That's it. That's all it is. It's the same. So once again, we want to thank you. That is my brother, ladies and gentlemen, our host, Jess Devon. That's me. And I am Avery like a very nice guy. And I forgot to say this earlier. You can find us both at my home below. That's on everything in my humble opinion podcast. And you're on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, big shout out to Kimberly, always in the comment section. Uh, And yeah, that's just what it is. Humbly yours. In my humble opinion podcast, H-Town is too sweet. H-Town is too sweet. Bye. <laughs> we really appreciate. Did it? Did it stop recording? Are we still on here? It's still recording. Oh, wait, 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 hold up. It's still. <laughs> I, 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 I...